Welcome to Inside Divorce. My name is Hindel Grossman, the owner of the law firm called Grossman & Associates LTD, located in Newton and Nantucket, Massachusetts. Welcome, Rhoda. I'm sure our audience would like to hear you tell us about yourself and your company. Thank you, Hindel. I'm happy to be here today. I'm Rhoda McVeigh. I'm a human resources consultant with KMA Human Resources Consulting. We're based in the southern part of Maine, but we have clients throughout Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. We provide everything from an outsourced perspective from HR processes and compliance to recruiting, compensation, employee relations, engagement, the overall experience. We can do whatever the client needs. Okay. And you're not physically located at the employer's place of business. Yes. The beauty in today's world, of course, is with it being a digital world, all you need is an internet connection and a phone and a laptop and you can do work from anywhere. So we go on site as needed and we do like to meet the people we work with. But these last few months with COVID, we've been meeting a lot of our new clients through video, which works well too in a, in a pinch. Sure. So your company, KMA Human Resources Consulting, has employers as clients, right? So you're an outsourced company providing human resource services. Correct. And you were talking about multi-state companies mostly. Yes. Yeah. Multi-state. And it's usually our, the companies we support are usually mid-growing, family-owned that start to expand and they've never had a formal human resources department, haven't felt the need for it, but now they're getting into territory where there are regulations based on the number of employees you have. And so they really need to have an outside professional make sure they're compliant with these things because the laws can bite you if, if you aren't compliant with them. And you don't want to be, you don't want to be in that situation of ignorance. You want to be aware of all the things that you should be complying with. And they actually help provide more structure for your company and for your employees as well. Right. It's a minefield for employers and probably for employees, too, with the changing laws over the past five to 10 years, maybe even more complicated by COVID and furloughs and what's happening. Furloughs, layoffs, changes in in scheduling. I was full-time before, now I'm part-time, or I might only work three days now versus five days a week. The transfer to home, to work from home, was big for a lot of employers. We had to help a lot of employers figure out how do I hold people accountable remotely now that they never, because they never wanted to have people be remote, but now people are really enjoying it and they're seeing the value and employers are seeing the value of it as well, because guess what? If things are getting done, customers and clients needs are being met and then it works. It works. And maybe I don't need that huge office building. I was going to add a couple of floors onto now so I can save some, some dollars through that. Well, what is your experience with remote productivity? Employers are often concerned about productivity, as you mentioned, but they find it get to be true. It's not for everyone because some people just, they don't have the discipline to be productive on their own from a home office or from remote. But most people who are professionals, they know that about themselves and they know the environment in which they work best. And so, but most people these days, they want that balance in their lives. And what the people that even, we're finding a lot of people through this past three, four months with COVID are finding that when they didn't think they would enjoy working from home, they realize how much time they're saving by not having to commute each day. And guess what? I can walk my dog in the morning now, or I can actually have breakfast with my kids or something. I can meditate during lunchtime and not be interrupted or worry about somebody coming to my queue while I'm sitting there meditating. So it provides a lot of balance to them. On the other hand, we're also finding people are having trouble making boundaries between workday and life, home life day, and they find they're working a lot longer hours. So they have to introduce some discipline of their own in terms of setting boundaries for when I begin work, when I end work. And employers need to respect that as well. Just because someone's working at home doesn't mean they're available to you more hours than they were before. 
So in some cases, employers are getting more productivity remotely than, than less. They absolutely are. They absolutely are. And at non-work hours, potentially. I mean, non-traditional hours. Non-traditional hours. But you know, that works for people in the world today, right? Some people are very productive in the early morning. Some people find themselves being productive at 7 p.m. at night. So if you can be flexible to the needs of your employees, you're going to build a talented pool of employees who are much more loyal to you over the long term. Yeah. But you, you miss the camaraderie of people working together and having relationships, right, for the company. You can. You can. And what you do miss by not being in the same office together, of course, is those hallway conversations, right? So, you, oh, I need to ask you this question because when you're not physically in the same location, you've got to purposely send an email or pick up the phone and call someone. So those random, spontaneous kind of interactions that you might have running into each other in the conference room, not the same thing, but you just have to figure out a different way to have them. I wonder in the long term if that benefits the company or, or harms the company because you miss the group cohesiveness or the identity of the of the firm they're working for. Yes, yes. We've talked about that too. You have to figure out how to determine what your culture is and honor your culture while being remote at the same time. So it takes some different approaches to it, but also takes involving the people to figure out, okay, this is our mission, vision, and value. So how can we live that even though we're, we're in a blended environment now? Some of you are remote. Some of us are together in the work location. How do we make that work? We find it's always better if you involve your employees in the problem solving. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. You said it so much more beautifully than I did, the culture of the company. You might lose it a little bit because of the remote working. It's harder to create a culture and keep the culture going when everyone's uh, working from their own home. Can be. So I was going to talk a little about the benefits of the HR department. Now, some companies don't have one physically on site. Hardly anyone does anymore based on what we just talked about with remote working. But the companies that don't have staff to handle their HR departments is what your company, KMA, does, right? Correct. The services that you provide are as if you're on site with employment manuals, but also helping those employees who are going through divorces through various services. I imagine there are times when a company is served with a subpoena for records in the context of a divorce. Have you, you seen that happen? Oh, yeah, that happens. It happens frequently. A lot of times it happens based on they want to be sure they understand what the spouse true earnings are any kind of 401k or pension plans they might have so that they can make sure that gets considered in whatever the final settlement is, things of that nature. But they don't necessarily need to have records around performance or, or that kind of thing. So we fulfill whatever the subpoena is, so long as we validate that the subpoena is accurate and, and legitimate. It's not just a fishing expedition for documents. Exactly. And a lot of times what we'll do is, even when we have other things like discrimination and we're subpoenaed, it'll ask for everything. And we have found, or I have found through years, by actually calling the attorney who issued, got the subpoena, you know, we'll say, what exactly are you looking for here? What do you want? And I'll say, okay, so if we give you this, this, and this, will that meet your needs? Like, oh, yeah. And then they don't need that other stuff. They really don't want you to copy every single tax form or every single attaboy thing that's put in somebody's file, that kind of thing. So you're copying a, a file that's this big. You're absolutely right. It happens with us, too, when we send out a subpoena. We, we send the subpoena because we want to be all-inclusive, and we don't want to lose an opportunity to get those records if we need them. But and we don't want to have to send a second or third subpoena because there's a cost and legal fees and service charges of doing that. So we list a lot of things there. We only need a few of them at a time. Right. The the employer does make that phone call to the attorney about the subpoenaed records. That probably is productive, as you said. Very much so. And they're they're very cooperative. Absolutely. Yeah, they're very helpful. They just want what they need and they're happy to get the call so that they don't have to sift through 100 pages versus 30. Sure. Not all attorneys, uh, particularly divorce attorneys, are bite 
<laughs> no, no, no. I, actually, I actually enjoy attorneys. People think I'm very odd that way, but I enjoy, I have several attorney friends and employment law as well as divorce attorneys and things like that. I actually enjoy talking. We, we banter about the law together and enjoy it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. And this is a friendly conversation. It is. Yeah. What else can an uh, HR department and, and your company do to help employees? Well, I think we talked about the changes, the paperwork changes related to changes in name or changes in address, things like that. Another situation might be if if this is a domestic violence kind of situation and whoever is going through a divorce or a separation or whatever it might be, it has a protection from abuse order or something like that or a restraining order. They really need to trust their HR department and confide in them and give them that so that we can be sure we work with our location security, our receptionist area about being aware of people that are not allowed to come in and ask for this employee or if they come in there to call security and, and not allow them in, that kind of thing. So it does take a trust, a big trust factor between human resources and people that are going through, especially these things that are more difficult and more ugly versus more transactional. You know, it's interesting as you're talking, I'm thinking as it, from an employee perspective, it might be easier to go to HR consultants like your company because you're not insiders. And so they could, maybe an employee would be more likely to disclose something to you as an outside HR consultant than the on-site HR person. That's a, an employee of the same company. You're exactly right. You know, and that's why often HR consultants get called in to do what we call culture studies or engagement studies because people are more likely to be complete employees and more likely to be completely open with someone like me who is not affiliated with the company, a part paid by the company other than as a consultant. I have no preconceived agenda, notions. I'm just looking for facts and I'm looking for information about what do you like about working here? What don't you like? And they know I'm not going to disclose their name to anyone as well. So there, there is a more of a trust factor, which is unfortunate because most HR people, even within companies, are very trustworthy. But it's that perception. Yes. But what is the perception that HR department, inside HR departments aren't as trustworthy? Well, it depends. Most of the time. I, I mean, you know, I'm sure, sure you've heard of Dilbert. Capert, the evil HR director, always trying to figure out a way to make employees' lives miserable. So unfortunately, <laughs> HR gets a bad rap that we're black and white, we're the rules enforcers, where we don't want anyone to have fun at work or that kind of thing. It's like building relationships the way it is any other with any other two employees in a workplace. We have to build trust with each other and follow through on our commitments and what we say and show people that we stand behind our words. And it can be done. And people do think it's funny when they kind of clam up when I come into a room or when I was in corporate America. And I'd say, look, you can say it whatever you want. You know, I probably said it myself before, mm-hmm. Just, you know, because there, there is a line you can cross and I'll let you know if you get there. But otherwise, be yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> but as an outsider, they're not as afraid of you. That's correct. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that helps. Certainly, you could be more compassionate to a person going through a divorce, an employee who might need support. That's what it's all about is compassion, right? Is, is putting yourself in their shoes. What do they need? And not making assumptions for them, asking them what it is they need that you can do to help them through this because everyone's needs are very unique. No two divorces are the same. Just thinking about daycare benefits that some companies offer, what's your experience with that on-site or off-site daycare? Yeah, the employers that are all on one site, like if you're a software provider and this is your this is your headquarters and you provide those types of employers can more readily offer 
on-site daycare to their employees versus if they're like a retailer, like a Macy's, and they have all these locations. A lot of those companies don't want to have on-site daycare even for their corporate employees because they feel like it's not fair to the people at the retail store because I can't offer them daycare there. So you, you hear a lot of that in terms of we can't do it for all, we won't do it for any. But those institutions like insurance companies or CPA firms, things like that, that are all housed together, a lot of times companies that are in multi-company buildings will go together and co-endorse an on-site daycare center of some sort to help their employees because they know there's a benefit to them being able to have their employees drop their children off there at the beginning of the day and pick them up at the end of the day. And visit them during the day if they want to, right? That's right. Have lunch with them if they want. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And what about HSA, these healthcare accounts? How does this work? Health savings accounts. Yes, health savings accounts. That's a little bit different than the flexible FSAs, flexible savings accounts, which are different than FSA, than HSAs. FSAs are where you can put up to a certain amount of money each year into an account on a pre-tax basis, and you have to use that amount of money all within the plan year to pay for medical-related purchases, or there's also a child care. There's a child care side, and there's a medical side to it. HSAs are anything health-related. There's also a maximum amount you can put in. The difference is, is employers usually match a portion of that for you, as well as it's completely portable. You don't ever have to use it up. It is truly a savings account. So if you leave the company, it goes with you. You can always have it, basically. It can go to your next employer, whereas an FSA cannot. So HSAs, health savings accounts, are taking on a much much broader appeal these days, particularly from the match perspective. I see. Is there a mandatory employer match? It's always discretionary. And we always advise employees to start low with the match and then build versus start up, oh, I can afford to do a 50% match because if you take it away, that's a problem. It's much easier and more pleasant to add and grow it than it is to start super high and then have to pare it down because employees do not react well to that. Uh, I say, well, you certainly understand the psychology of employees, huh? <laughs> or maybe employer is better too. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> well, what else can you tell us about uh, helping people get through divorce and keeping their employer happy? It really requires the employee to disclose to the employer they're going through divorce and it might affect the employee's attention to detail, for example. Exactly. That's another very excellent aspect that you bring up because yes, it's one of the top 10 traumas in life to go through a divorce Yeah, and it can be very distracting. It can cause you to lose focus. You can go through a type of grieving, a type of depression, whatever it might be. And we can help employees with that as well. We can either refer them to an employee assistance program, an EAP that has a lot of resources available to them to help them with every aspect of going through a divorce. Or if we don't have an EAP, then we can look for community resources or affinity groups or whatever might be out there. And of course, today online, there are affinity groups and support groups for everything in the world. So, and you can even find them local to wherever it is you live so that you feel more connected to whomever you might be reaching out to for support and sharing information, exchanging information between each other. And if the employee is having focus problems and they just feel like they're just not performing at their best, we can help work through that with the employee's manager too, to help the manager understand, look, this is a temporary setback for this employee. It's logical that they would be distracted sometimes. Doesn't mean you can't hold them accountable, but just means to be flexible with them and be compassionate. Yeah. Help meet their needs in any way they can. And that's hard for some managers that are very production oriented, right? That kind of thing. And we try to make it personal for the manager. If the manager has not been through a divorce themselves, we say, how would you want your sister who was going through divorce to be treated by their employers? That helps make it more relatable for them 
in terms of the fact that you need a little bit of special care during that time. That's for sure. And divorces can last a while. I mean, it's not like it's a weird thing. It could be last a year and it could really impact someone's performance. It really can. And some people deal with it better than others because, again, everyone grieves differently. Everyone deals with stress differently. And so it's very unique to each individual. That's why it's really good for human resources. If the person is comfortable disclosing this to human resources to say, what kind of support do you need through this versus assuming, making assumptions and coming up with our own ideas. It's like, tell us what you need. What can we do to help you to best support you? And even if they're going through something, they just want to tell us, I'm going through something. I'm going to need some time up here. We don't need to know what that is either. Eventually, we will know, though, if, if they tell us they need forms, right? They need to change all their benefits forms. They need to change their life insurance beneficiaries. This is a, a COBRA uh, event as well for health benefits. A lot of times, if, for instance, if a woman is on her husband's health insurance plan, that she needs to get her own health insurance, and you have to have a life event in order to be able to sign up for insurance with most companies' benefit plans off whatever the plan year is. So eventually, it will come out in terms of that's what it is, because we want to be sure we guide them through all those different forms and updates that they might want to be consider putting into place to be sure that they're covered. Right. Well, I can appreciate an employee might be reluctant to disclose to an employer that they're going through a divorce because they might be viewed differently or less likely to get a raise or whatever. But still, there are lots of, I can hear you when you're talking, that there are a lot of benefits of disclosing to the employer because there are a lot of changes to be made through the HR department. Absolutely. Withholdings would be one on paychecks, right? That's right. Knowing about the health insurance coverage incident to the divorce, changing all kinds of paperwork probably in the HR right. department. Right. right. If you're changing where you live, your address, you may need to do new tax forms if you change states, that kind of thing, or change withholdings, period, depending on what your new situation is from an income perspective. Absolutely. There's a lot to consider that you may not think about all at once. And you mentioned a few minutes ago an EAP, which is an employer assistance program, right? Yes. I'm sure they've been around a long time, but I've just become aware of them in the past couple of years. So an employee, you might not know that they have one of these, right? You're absolutely right. That's one of the things that we find in human resources so frequently because we try to bring it up more and more often and put flyers around and make people aware of these things. But we always bring it up during open enrollment each year because it tends to be very underutilized in a lot of companies because employees just don't understand the value of it, that there's no cost to them. It's a free service. It's 100% confidential. The employer never knows the names of anybody that contacts them. We only get numbers. By that, we mean, oh, 10 people from this location called and 15 people from that. So we can track numbers and usage of it, but we don't know who it is or what they contacted them about. And they're a very good resource for locations and guidance and providers. Like if somebody did have an attorney to use, they could give them some representation in terms of we have a list of attorneys here in your area that are divorce attorneys. You can reach out to any of these and that kind of thing. So it could be a lot of things. Child care, help you find child care, whatever it might be. Help you find moving companies to help you move. <laughs> they are absolutely a great resource. And they've been around for uh, over 20 years, but they're getting more and more used nowadays since we're also seeing mental health become something that you don't have to hide, that we all have to take care of our own mental health. And that's another resource through EAP is people can reach out to find providers to help them with support that way. I see. So some employers, probably the bigger ones, I imagine, have these EAP programs and attorneys are available through them too, right? Absolutely. Are divorce attorneys on the list of uh, providers? Yes, they are. So is that become a free to the employee? 
Or is it discounted? No, no, it's a referral. There are sometimes discounts if some attorneys list themselves with some of the providers that are out there, because it's always a third party. An EAP is always a third party, obviously not part of the company itself. And attorneys can list themselves. They might give a 10% discount for the first two months or something like that. Just like chiropractors can say, first visit is free, second visit, 10% off, et cetera. There is a value to going through an EAP. And a lot of times, if it comes to psychological support, the first three visits might be free. And that's to help you find someone that's a match for you, since not every provider is a good match for someone that's going through some mental issues. That's true of divorce attorneys, too. Yes, exactly. For employees, this is a benefit. An EAP program is a benefit of employment. It really is. Absolutely. And it's no cost to, to enroll. It's no cost to the employee. They get it whether they are, they're enrolled in benefits or not. I see. Do employers pay for EAPs? Yes, we do. But that's the beauty of it is we don't pay a lot. You pay based on the number of employees you have, but it's not a lot because it is just a resource to refer people calling them or looking at them online to the actual providers out there that are available to them. I see. Well, very interesting. At the end of the day, it's, it's all about making work work for you. And that's what HR does is we serve as that Impartial third party, even though we're part of the, if we're in the employer in that department versus a consultant, we really are an impartial third party that tries to mediate between the department manager, the unit manager, and the employee that has these special needs and make it work for both of them in a way and have it come out well. Because some people do not advocate well for themselves or they don't know how to express themselves. And some managers just don't get it sometimes too. So we have to help in that regard. It's been the same thing over the years, Sindel, whenever a female employee gets pregnant and she just happens to be due during the peak time of whatever your business year is, a manager will say, I'm sure she did that on purpose. Oh, really? (laughs) And so we have to help them understand, no, 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 we're sure it's not a matter of that. Let's take away the emotion out of it and let's talk about what we'll be able to do to help you while this person's gone. I see. (laughs) You know, it's all about the business at the end of the day. Right. So so we're those advocates to make sure that we're doing what's best. We're helping people do what's best for the employee and for the company. Make it a win-win. Yeah, right. And you, it's easier to see it from an outside perspective sometimes. It absolutely is. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. Well, this has been great, Rhoda. I really appreciate all the interesting information about HR services, helping people get through divorce, helping an employer be sensitive to an employee's needs while divorcing, all of those really great topics and all the details about HSA accounts and subpoenas, going to employers and things like that. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really advocate for the HR practitioners out there that we are there to the best ones. There there are a lot of good ones. There are some that are not so good, but the really good ones out there really do advocate for their employees as well as the employers to make sure it is a win-win. And and that's what it's all about is is being compassionate and making it work. Would you give us your email address, please? Sure. It's Rhoda, R-H-O-D-A, at K-M-A-H-R.com. Great. And the website is kmahr.com. Great. Fabulous. Thank you. Be well. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you'd like more information about the topics covered in our podcast, please contact us at Grossman & Associates. You'll find a competent and experienced team of compassionate, responsive, and innovative legal professionals. Email me at hindel at grossmanltd.com. My first name is spelled H-I-N-D-E-L-L, or call us at 617-969-0069. Thank you for listening.